kind of a random picture, a uh, quick question. And if anyone gets this exactly, I'll be really impressed. Does anyone know when this picture was taken or what it is a picture of? 1980. Well, you're close. You're close. It is Royals, obviously. Okay, that, that picture was taken the night that the Royals in 2015, so you only missed it by 35 years, the, the, the night the Royals in 2015 clinched the American League Central uh, division uh, and, and, and clinched their way into the playoffs that, that night. In fact, it ended up being the home, home team throughout the, the playoffs. Reed and I were at that game. We, we saw that. Uh, we, we were there when, when the game ended, the last out was recorded, and I don't know, there was 30 plus thousand people there, all stood on their feet and began to cheer. I high-fived my friend Kelly, who was standing beside us, who had actually got us the free tickets as well. I, I high-fived his wife, uh, Lisa and Rita, and a couple people behind and in front of me, and we all stood and cheered as the Royals as you can see from that picture, gathered on the field and were excited. We witnessed that that moment. We, we started talking last week uh, about this idea of of being a witness. How uh, how can we be something different, or, or what can I be? We can be a witness. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in in Acts this morning, Acts chapter one. We're going to look at that. Briefly at that verse that we looked at last week, but then we're also going to uh, bump over to chapter 2 and look at some verses. So Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8. You'll remember that from last week. But you will receive power. This is Jesus talking to his his uh, his followers right before he was to go up to heaven. So literally he's talking here to the disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, which is the area right around Jerusalem, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What can I be? Now, we've been talking about that for the month of January, finishing up today, that that that, that we can be things. We can be a student. In fact, we should be. We. What can I be? I can be holy. What can I be? I can, I can with my life, small and big things, I can be a change. I can be religious, not in a stuffy way but in a transfor- transformational way I can be a I can be religious and we started last week going to finish this week I can be a witness we we looked last week that we can be a witness of his life of his power and of his passion we talked when we were looking at verse 8 uh, last Sunday that Jesus in this verse was literally talking to a, a small group he was talking to his apostles. So, so initially, this command was to a small group that they would, because they had witnessed his life, because they had seen what he had done uh, for the last three years, because they had been a witness, they were literally going to be a witness uh, of of the life of Jesus, his words, his actions, his love, his compassion, his sacrifice. They were going to share that. They were going to tell that story and live that story because they had witnessed it. But but then we also brought the idea, we, we pointed out that that Peter in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, pulls us back to verse 8 and makes verse 8 apply to us. Acts 5.32 says, we are witnesses of these things, 
This is Peter talking to the Sanhedrin. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So all of us who obey him, all of us who have the Holy Spirit, that's us because because Peter said in Acts chapter 238, when we accept Jesus and are baptized, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he direct, directly ties us to that same uh, commandment that we are to be a witness. So to be a witness, we need to be a witness, and we are. Now, now catch this. I, I think this is pretty cool. Almost immediately after the apostles became witnesses of and for Jesus. So... So almost, almost instantaneously after they did what Jesus said, which is recorded for us in Acts chapter 2, when they, Peter got up and preached the first gospel sermon, they baptized 3,000 men. Almost immediately, the, the, this, this group that, that was founded, which was Jesus' plan all along the church, this fledgling church with its new baby Christians, some of them were days old, some of them were only weeks old, but this church immediately themselves began to be witnesses for Jesus. They were sold out for him, they were changed, they were transformed, they became witnesses for Jesus. So this morning we're going to look at, at two more applications. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to chapter chapter 2 of Acts, so just flip over a couple chapters or I guess one chapter technically, uh, Acts chapter 2, let's look at verses 42 to 47, and this is going to kind of describe what the, the that, that early church in Jerusalem, and, and reality that, that, that spread wherever they, they went, what they began to do. But, but this is what they did, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with clad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's... Here's the second application, to be a witness. If we're going to be a witness, we have to be real. One of the cool things about the New Testament church, in fact, if you want to, if you want to look further, just read the rest of the book of Acts, and you will see it repeated over and over again. So, so when the, the apostles in Acts chapter 8 uh, began to scatter because of persecution, wherever they went, they founded churches. And actually, even before that, uh, right after the the first gospel sermon, people were in Jerusalem for the 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 celebration of Pentecost. They 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 became believers. They accepted Christ. They went back to their homes, and when they went back, they 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 founded churches. Uh, and, and then we see Paul throughout a, a good part of the book of Acts became a uh, an evangelist, became a missionary, and wherever he went, whether it was Philippi or uh, Colossae or, or uh, Ephesus, Corinth, Troas. Uh, Berea, wherever, wherever he went, he established a church, and every church, every church got immediately real. There was nothing phony or imitation about their faith. There, there was no facades. That they didn't wear a mask and, and pretended to be something they weren't. They were 
real. Several years ago, in fact, it was uh, 1996, uh, I, I think for about five or six years, so from 96 to 2001 or so in there, I coached, I coached a junior high basketball team at DeKalb. Uh, and uh, my first year of coaching, so 1996, my first year of coaching junior high basketball, we went undefeated. I was a great coach. Yeah. Actually, I had great players. It's amazing how good players make you look good as a coach. I should have quit after that year because the quality went down a little bit after that. But, but, but I, in life, and Rita would attest to this, in life, I tend to be a, a positive person. In, in fact, I, I, I see myself as a glass half full kind of person, except when it comes to sports. When it comes to sports, I am decidedly a glass-is-half-empty type of person. If you watch the Super Bowl with me tonight, you will see that. I, I try to, Rita looks at me, so I try to keep it in check, but we watched KU for a little while, and I got mad and turned it off. Glass is half-empty. Uh, that's how I am. And when I coached junior high basketball back in 96, we, we didn't have... Uh, we didn't have scouting back then. I don't know if junior high teams do that now, but but that was really before a lot of the summer leagues, and that was before a lot of the weekend tournament type stuff. So so we'd go to play a team. We'd go to Stewartsville and play them, and I hadn't seen any of those kids. I didn't know what any of them can do. So so my scouting started in pregame warm-ups. While my team warmed up on one end, I stood, and I watched the other team warm up. And And almost every game, I would look at them and think, man, we are in trouble. We're, they look so good. We're going to get beat. I, I remember one game in particular. The the team ran out on the floor, and and it looked like they were all high school kids. A couple of kids had beards. One guy had a nice goatee going, or maybe not, but it seemed like they did. Uh, but but they did this warm up drill. We we would do the same warm up drill where they'd run around the, the their side of the half court, and then they would would head down. The point guard would head down towards the backboard throw the ball up off the backboard, the next guy would jump and catch it, throw it off the backboard, the next guy would jump and catch it. We did the same thing, but rarely would we get all the way through our 12 players without someone messing up. Man, they nailed it. The last I really expected the last guy, their tallest guy, to grab the ball and slam dunk it in the goal. I thought, we are in so much trouble. We are going to get thumped in this game. And then we tipped the game off. And... uh and I didn't have to worry about anything. Cause, cause we put a full court press on them and they didn't even get the ball across half court. We were up 14 to nothing before they knew what hit them. See, they, they looked good. They, they looked like they were unstoppable, but it was all a show. They, they really, they just weren't real. If we're going to be a witness for Jesus, then we need to be real. We need to be authentic. Our faith has to be genuine. We can't just we can't just look the part. the The early church you see it um, you see it in Jerusalem and and then as you work your way through Acts, you just see it repeated over and over again. The early church was authentic. They had no other choice but to be that. They were authentic. Now. Now, when I was growing up, so, so those, those of you my age and maybe in a few years younger and certainly older will remember this. When I was growing up, it was a, 
it was very important for us to look the part when we went to church. Do you guys remember that? When, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, when you went to church, everyone dressed up. Do you guys, some of you remember that? Some of you remember that? You're, you're too young to remember that. You, yeah, I probably win some brownie points. Uh, cookies would be nice if you want to repay me. Uh, but, but man, we, my, my dad, it's the only time I ever saw him, but my dad for years uh, until probably about high school, my dad would wear a white shirt and a jacket and a, a tie. My sisters would be in dresses with the frilly little socks on and my, my brother and I, at least when we were little, we had a suit. Now, now we, we only had one suit and, and we had what we called, I don't know if people use this phrase anymore. We did growing up and I did with my kids for a little while, church clothes. Do you remember that? Remember how, those are your church clothes. Now, now for most of us, it was one outfit. It wasn't like a whole closet full of church clothes. You, you had your play clothes. Those are the ones with holes in the knees and, and stains on the shirt. And you had your school clothes and then you had your, your one outfit of church clothes. But when we went to church, now I'm not saying this is good or bad, but when we went to church, we looked the part. So when you walked in Woodlawn Christian Church back in, in the 60s and early 70s, everyone looked great. Everyone looked perfect. Now, now, now we don't do that now, and, and I don't have a problem, problem with that. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable today wearing jeans and a shirt. Rita told me I had to, because I wore this. Last year in the Super Bowl Sunday, so I had to wear it again. I'm not superstitious at all. That's not wood. Wear some, but uh, uh, but uh, I'm 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 a little old fashioned. But I really summertime. I, I don't have a problem with someone wearing shorts and t-shirt and flip flops. And if I could be comfortable doing that, I would preach in those. But um, I, I'm just glad people are here. I, I that's what what I really care about. Do you remember remember when I was a kid? People would say to uh, uh, to people, or people would say to us, uh, church people, well, I'd come to church, but I, you know, I just, I don't have any nice clothes. And our phrase was always, oh, you don't, just wear what you want. But now some of you know that if they'd come that way, we would have judged them. <laughs> you know, like, no, you're supposed to wear nice clothes. But, so we don't do that now, but, so much, but, but we still learn how to put on uh, a, a look. We We still know how to look the part. We, we come in the back door of the church, and, and maybe our week has been garbage. I mean, it it has been a rough week, and maybe we have struggled. Maybe we, we fought with our kids and yelled at our wives, and, and all the way to church you drove here, no one said a single word because you were all steaming, but you walk in the back door, and, and we smile. Anyone like that today? I don't know. You walk in the back door, and you have a smile on your face, and you got your Bible tucked under your arm, and and uh, and, and we know what to say, and we know how to act, and we know... We know how to play. We know how to play the part. But to be a, a witness, we have to be real with ourselves. Uh, Got to help myself. We have to be real, and it starts with being real with ourselves, with yourself. We may fool a lot of people, and 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 we can put a smile on, and we can act like we've got it together, and everything is messing, but messing, but. But if we're honest, really honest with ourself, we really don't end up fooling ourselves very often. D- did you notice the words that that Luke used? Luke wrote the, the Gospel of Luke as well as the book of Acts. Did you notice some of the words and phrases he used here in chapter 2 that, that I think describes a real 
believer, uh, someone that is real. Uh, it, it, it also, obviously, if we don't have these, maybe it, maybe it means we need to get a little bit more real with ourselves. Did you notice some of the words he used? He used this word. He used devoted. He used this phrase, filled with awe. They had everything in common, glad and sincere hearts, praising God. We asked the, we asked the question today, what, what can I be? I, well, I can be a witness, but I have to be, I have to be real with myself. Because if I'm not real with myself, others will see it. If I'm not real with myself, others are gonna, are gonna see exactly who we are. Now, now we, we may fool people for a while, but eventually the facade will, will crumble and people will know exactly who we, uh, who we are. I, uh, I spoke with, several years ago, spoke with a guy, and I remember the conversa- conversation uh, very distinctly, and, and as we were talking, he said, he said this, I don't have much use for church or for, for, for Christian stuff. I don't have much use for religion. Now, and then he said this, now, now, it's okay for you. His daughter was sitting across from him, and, and he pointed at her, and she was a, she was a believer, and he said, now, now, I'm happy for her. Uh, she's very religious, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her. It's okay for her, but, 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 but I don't have much use for, I don't have much use for that stuff. He went on to say, see, the problem is, I, I've seen too many churches and too many church folk, uh, and, and what they were showing, I wasn't interested in. Now, now let me be honest. Sometimes, Sometimes the world uses the church as a reason not to come to church. And, and that's just an excuse. They'll, they're like, well, that church is full of hypocrites. And when everyone tells me that, I say, you are exactly right. The church is full of hypocrites. Number one right here. We, we, we are. We are. But, but oftentimes people use, just use that as a blanket excuse. Uh, oh, that gets, gets me off the hook if I can call you a hypocrite. But, uh, but I think in this guy's case, and he said some other things that, that led me to believe this. In this guy's case, he, he had seen some churches and he had seen some Christians who said one thing, but with their life, they said and did something else. See, when, when we're at church, we're, we're, we're just warming up for the week. We, we may look the part, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We may, we may look the part. We, we may be on fire. We may, we're singing praises, raising our hands, saying amen, reading scripture. Man, we look good, and we should, but, but when we walk out the doors of the church, that's when the game starts. And, and is our witness real? If, if it's not, we're not even get the ball, we're not even get our witness across half court, but, is our witness real? See, see, the good thing is we can't fool others. But, but the reality, and we pointed this out last week from Matthew chapter 5, that Jesus told us that if we are real, people will see that. He said, if we're real, we'll, we'll be salt, we'll be light, we'll be a city on a hill. We'll, we'll live in such a way that people praise God because of what we, we do. Others, others will see it. So we need to be real with ourselves because people are going to see that. But let me let you on, on a little secret. Now, you guys know this, so this is nothing new, but let me, let me give you some revelation. Another reason why we need to be real, uh, with ourselves is because God will see it. I, I don't know, I don't know why we think we can, we can fool other people, uh, 
because we realize we really can't, but we somehow think we can fool God. Matthew twelve thirty six, Jesus says, But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Romans fourteen twelve says, So then, each of you will give an account of himself to God. See, see God knows, he knows who we really are. We can put up on a facade, we can, we can pretend, but God, God knows exactly, exactly who we are. If you're not being real with yourself, God knows it. But, and, and this is what we see in the example of this early church in Jerusalem. They were re- real with other believers, with other Christians. I love the example that the early church set for us as they, as they were genuine in their faith with their fellow believers. See, see, they were, they were real with others with their study. Did you know what verse 42 said? Verse 42 said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Then in verse 36, or 46, it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Really, really what that meant by, by that was they would go to the temple because it, it was a gathering area. And every day in the temple courts, there would be Peter and James and John and Matthew and Philip. All these guys would be there, and they would be talking about Jesus. They would be telling stories about Jesus. They'd be letting people know how they should live and what they need to do. How cool would that have been to to have been in the temple court and have Peter as your small group leader? Literally, that's kind of what it was. Peter would be would be talking maybe talking about how we need to trust God and and even when things look down even when life's fall apart we need to learn how to trust Jesus and I can just see Peter kind of stepping back and laughing a little bit he says I remember this one time we we were we were on the sea of Galilee Jesus said hey guys get in the boat and and let's go to the other side and and so we got in the boat and as we're paddling out in the sea of Galilee one of these storms come up now any of you from Galilee and couple guys yeah you know how those storms would just pop out up out of nowhere and we were in the middle of the sea of galilee and the wind began to blow and the boat was rocked and i mean we didn't think we were going to make it and jesus was asleep in the front of the boat and we're like come on jesus you got to help us you got to do something but he's asleep i the the waves are crashing the the, the, the water is splashing on him. How is he sleeping? So we finally woke him up and said, Jesus, we're going to die here. And all he did was say, be still. And the waves stopped and the wind stopped and it got quiet. So no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what storms you face, we can trust Jesus. Wow. So, so they devoted themselves with their study to the apostles' teaching. Literally every day, in the courts they were listening now now early on that was early on that was easy verse 47 says praising god and enjoying the favor of the people so early on in the church in jerusalem man the, they enjoyed the favor of everyone so so wherever they went they found i mean everyone was excited about what's going on but we see that changes and eventually the favor of the people turned away as the religious leaders began to to persecute and and then we find the early church, as it spread throughout the world, we found the early church didn't enjoy the favor. Oftentimes, they had to hide to stay together. But you know what they did? They hid, 
and studied. And, and other times they, they risk arrest, they risk persecution to study God. But you know what they did? They still studied God's Word. They still met together. They were real with other believers in their study. They were real with their resources. Verse 45 says, Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. That was that was being real. When we are willing to when we're willing to trust with our resources, when we're willing to hand over our resources, when we're willing to to give our resources to people who have need, that is real. Bob Russell is, uh, uh, well, he's retired now, was a senior pastor at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Southeast is a little bigger than Troy Christian. They uh, right now, they're running, I think, about 25,000. Well, COVID, they're probably down to about 10. But uh, but they were, before COVID, they run about 25,000 every Sunday. So just a tad bigger than us. But but several years ago, they were only running about 10,000. And they were they were going to do a, a building project. They were going to add uh, a, a new sanctuary to their church. And and before they went to the congregation with the the uh, the pledge, with the plea to, to make pledges to build this, they they decided to do it with their leadership team first. So they gathered all of their pastors, and they had probably 20 pastors uh, full and part-time on staff, and they gathered with all their staff members, all the secretaries, janitors, everyone that, that worked for the church at all, and they gathered with all their elders. So there's about 30 or, 30 or 40 people total in this group of leadership, and, and they had that leadership team pledge first. And they set a goal, I don't remember what it was, but several hundred thousand dollars. This is our goal from just our leadership team. They came together one Sunday night and they, they totaled up the pledges. And Russell tells in one of his books that as they did that, the pledges were way over what their goal was set for. And he said stories began to come out that night as they laughed together. He said one guy actually came in with some dark glasses and a cane and, uh, and joked, I'm going to have to beg for money on the, on the streets because I, I, I've, you know, I've just sacrificed so much here. But he said, there was one guy who said that they were going on vacation. Their, his whole family was going to Florida, but they postponed that for a year. And they took the money that they were going to spend on the vacation, and they pledged it to the church. Another guy sold a car that, that he used just occasionally, but he sold it and pledged that money to the church. Another guy had a rental property. He said, I sold that rental house and took the profits and, and gave to this project. Russell said at the end of the night, they they were so pumped up when they saw people sharing so willingly with the church. The early, the early church was was real. The early church was real. Galatians six ten says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We. We are called that. that that's the, the example of the early church. If someone had a need, they, they took care of it. So, so if we're real with other people with our resources. And, and they were real with other people, with other believers, with their hearts. Verse 46 said, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were real. They enjoyed doing life together. They treasured walking and working with Jesus together. So, 
So to be a witness, we need to be a witness. To be a witness, we need to be real. And and let me point out one last thing. To be a witness, we need to be a martyr. Okay, let me sink in. Did, did you hear me right? To be a witness, we need to be a martyr. Now, some of you might be thinking, I think I know what martyr means. Now, we know what a martyr is. A martyr is someone who gives their life for something, who who, who dies for something, who gives up what they, they, they were doing. It's interesting to note that the word that Jesus uses in Acts chapter 1, 8, uh, we translate it, it's translated in your Bibles, it's translated witness. But the Greek word that Jesus uses there is the Greek word martus, martus. And it meant literally, the way we see it there, it meant to be a witness of something or to bear witness of something. But but it doesn't take much uh, imagination to figure out where our English word martyr came from. Our English word martyr comes from this Greek word martus, witness. See, here's the cool thing. Over time, this word morphed into encompassing the idea of martyrdom. A martyr is someone who gives their life as the ultimate witness. And and so literally Jesus, probably knowing that that word was going to kind of go that direction, said, hey, you're going to be my witnesses. And probably under his breath, like, you don't even know what that means yet. You're going to be my, you are going to be my martyr. To be a witness, we need to be a, a martyr. Now, I don't know what the future's going to hold. We certainly kind of shake our heads sometimes when we see where our world's going now and our country. So there may there may come a day in some of our lifetimes where we may be faced with literally being a martyr if we stand up for Jesus. But I don't think it's quite there yet. But we still need to die for Jesus. In in Luke chapter 9, 23, Jesus put it this way. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. He must be a martyr. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave, who loved me and gave himself up for me. What Paul's saying there is we need to be a martyr. So what can I be? What can I be? I, I can be a witness. But to be a witness, I need to be a witness of Jesus. I need to see his power. I need to share that power that I've seen and the passion that he has. I need to be real, starting with myself. Can I, can I look at myself honestly and take a good look? Am, am I being real? Um, and then certainly real with others. Let that translate into how we see other people. And I need, I need to be a martyr. Tony Campolo, uh, uh, pastor, evangelist, and Christian author tells the story of of uh, of going back to his, I think it was 25th uh, class, high school class reunion, and, and 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 as he got there, he's kind of walking the room, talking to people, and he sees a sees a guy that he literally hasn't seen since graduation, senior year, and he goes up to the guy and, and asks those questions that you ask of someone you haven't seen in 25 years. So, well, what, tell me about your life. What are you doing now? So the guy began to talk about what he was doing. Well, I, I went to college, and, and, and he talked about his career. and said he, he talked just a little bit, and then he said, 
But but let me tell you what's really going on in my life. Let me tell you what I'm really excited about. He said, he said a couple years ago, I became a Christian. I became a follower of Jesus, and my life changed completely. And and when he said that, Compolo says, said, Compolo said, my eyes kind of lit up, and I got immediately excited. And, and I said to the guys, like, wow, that is great. I'm a Christian, too. And, uh, and, and then the guy, you know, he got excited. You're a Christian, too. He said, Tony, when did you become a Christian? And, and Coppola, without even thinking about it, without even seeing, thinking of the implication, said, well, I became a Christian back in junior high. And he said the guy just kind of froze for a second, and his, his face got kind of a puzzled, confused look. And, and, and he paused for a while as if thinking about what he was going to say. And finally he said, well, Tony, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you tell me about Jesus back in high school? We're called. We're called to be a witness. The early church, the early, the early church, the, the, the apostles were witnesses. They, they, they literally, we talked about that last week, they, they, they talked about what they had seen and heard. And then immediately their, their followers, the believers that accepted Jesus, began to live as witnesses through the power of the Holy Spirit. They showed what Jesus had done in their lives and what they had heard about Jesus. We, we, what can we be? We can be a witness. Would you bow? Father, we pray this morning that you open our eyes. Let us see honestly our, ourselves. Let us see honestly the opportunities we have to be real with other people with our world, with our families, with our church, with needs in our community. Father, we, we know that you see us exactly who we are. And even though you see us that way, you accept us. You forgive us. You love us. You, you call us your sons and daughters. Father, help us, help us live as witnesses of you. Whether it's a, a major exciting thing that we do or if it's just a simple, small step of faith, a simple act of kindness, a simple uh, effort to to reach out and bless someone. Father, help us be real. Help us be a martyr for you. In Jesus' name, amen.